Welcome to Gardening Naturally with Jeff Ferris. Call or text Jeff now with your gardening and landscape questions. 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Um, Nice day out today. Could be outside doing some work. A lot of football on today. It's it, it, it's that time of the year where we're still may have some summer plants in. Now I have tomatoes and peppers that are growing, though so they took a lot of damage because I got down to thirty-two. I didn't cover them. I kind of wanted them to die. I want to re reuse that ground for something else, but they're still growing, so I'm going to leave them be. But uh, now's the time to be getting in the winter cold season stuff. Because, hey, guess what? It's going to get colder. It happens to be great temperatures this week, mid-60s to 70s for high, um, 50s to 60s for low. That's good. And we finally have a chance of rain at the end of the week. We need more rain. We desperately need more rain. So any we can get, we'll take. Let's go to the phone. This is Tom. Tom, what can I help you? Good, beautiful, sunny, brisk morning to you. How are you? Doing great. That's that's exactly how we should look at the weather. It's a beautiful day. That's right. So I do have a question about what I know to be a citrus tree. I don't know if it's orange or a lemon tree. I do know that it has um, about a one-inch long thorn growing on the limbs, and that's about as much as I can tell you about it. It was in a pot until uh, springtime. I put it in the ground, and it's been growing. And it's that time when I need to start thinking about all the other plants around it that will die from the super cold weather. When I cover them, I need to figure out how to cover this tree. It's about six feet tall and I need to know should I prune it down a little bit and then cover it or do I try to find something to throw over the top of it or do I just leave it alone okay did it ever produce fruit in the container I do not think so it was left there uh, in the house when I moved in so I don't know this spring I didn't see any blossoms on it yeah that's not uh, that's not a great indicator. Uh, citrus can be alternate bearing until they get mm-hmm. more mature. So you could have had a year where it went, no, I'm not going to do any flowers. And that right. isn't bad. However, yeah. um, I have had oranges that tried to produce some thorns about that mm-hmm. size. And they shouldn't. Okay. So you may have an orange or a lemon or something like that. And you may have a trifoliate orange. Mm-hmm. Are there three lobes to the leaf that the tree produces? I would have to take a look at that. Um, it sounds about right. They tend to uh, sprout out and they're kind of round-shaped, oval and then they turn into a more, um, you know, pointy-type leaf at the end as they, the leaf matures. 
Okay. But I'm not sure about the cluster. <clears throat> if there are in clusters of three, more than likely, that's not a true citrus. Okay. That plant is uh, trifoliate orange. It is mm -hmm. usually the rootstock for citrus plants. Right. It will produce. Okay. It will produce a fruit, but it's sour. It's it I never gets sweet. Now some folks use that sour orange to mix in drinks or something like that. It can be very attractive when it blooms, smells great, but because of those thorns, of course, it's not pedestrian friendly. Right. Now, you can trim it. If it's six feet tall, you can trim it back selectively, cut out anything that's dead, um, crossing branches, things like that. You can trim it down to four feet and not four harm feet. the tree. Okay. Yeah, I would say the stalk on it by the root is probably diameter about an inch to an inch and a half right now, maybe two at the most. That's a fairly mature tree. So okay. if, if it is an orange, a lemon, something like that, you can trim it back, keep it alive, don't let it freeze. That may right. have been... A tree that froze before you weren't aware of it because it wasn't yours, and right. now you're growing off the rootstock. Mm -hmm. But don't let it freeze. You can trim it back, and citrus are fans of nitrogen. Okay. Fish emulsion, cotton seed meal, uh, alfalfa, those kind of things encourage good growth in citrus. So okay, what I did can... what I did yesterday what I did yesterday was I collected some of my old oak leaves that have fallen and I uh, embedded them around the plants and then I went out to the store and bought some of that Texas native hardwood mulch and put that over the top. The soil was already moist, so I was trying to think about freeze protection. But I'll go ahead and throw some of that other stuff on top of the uh, the mulch that I put in. Does that sound right? Yeah, that'll work. The liquid stuff is going to just drain right through whenever we get rain or water. And the dry stuff will slowly break down and can do the same thing. It just won't get there as fast. And that's fine. Those are the nutrients that it needs to be able to bloom. So you may try encouraging it that way just to see if you get fruit. Okay, sounds like a great plan. I'll go ahead and... Write it down and, and start working on that. Uh, just be prepared that mm -hmm. it may be it may be a sour orange. Okay, it's a yeah. it's a pretty yeah. plant, blooms, etc. But it doesn't produce a truly edible fruit. And if well, that, that will happens, be okay, that will be okay because I, I I do enjoy the flowers and the smell. And I would say about six or eight months ago, maybe a year ago, I was eating those little cuties that you can buy at the grocery store, found some mm -hmm. seeds in them, planted them, and they popped up. Now, I don't know if they'll produce or not, but I'm going to give it a try. They could. Here's yeah. the issue yeah. with them. That's... We graft all of the citrus in Texas right, so that they have the rootstock that can handle our temperatures and keeps them dwarfed. That doesn't mm -hmm. mean that you can't get those cuties to produce. 
fine. Right, I'm going to leave them in the always pot. Have that hand, yeah, they'll always have that handicap. And mm-hmm. even in a pot, they can produce a boatload. So yeah, go ahead. Yeah, take a shot for it. I had a lemon tree that way. Made yeah. iced tea, squirted it in the lemon, spit the seed into a pot, and uh, was 15 years old before it died. Nice, nice. Okay. Well, that sounds good. I appreciate all your info. Yeah, Tom, thanks for the call, and good luck. I hope it's really a citrus and not a sour orange. That'll be disappointing. Yeah, yeah it is what it is. I'll take it anyway. Thanks for your help. That'll, that'll work. Thanks for the call, Tom. Yeah, folks, citrus, when it freezes, the rootstock can still come back. And you'll notice that the leaves are different, and it may suddenly have big spikes on it. That's because the rootstock is producing, not the scion, not the cutting that was grafted to it. And there's no way to save it unless you want to get a new scion cutting and graft it to your um, rootstock. Paula, I see you there. I have to take a break. If you hang on, I'll catch you on the other side. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Let's go to the phone. This is Paula. Paula, what can I help you with? Well, hi. Uh, good morning, Jeff. Love your show always. And uh, when I miss it, I love listening to the podcast. Um I just wanted to chime in. This is not any great new uh, information, but the people that were asking about how to keep cats out of their gardens, like with ammonia or whatnot, mm-hmm. yesterday's show, I have three neighbor cats who I love because they're like my little outdoor cats, but they make little piles, litter piles in the backyard, which my doggies like to go eat. We know that story. and. Yeah. So I go out periodically, maybe every four days or so, then I think about it, and I sprinkle cayenne on that pile. And it helps to keep the cats from reusing it, and it helps to keep the doggies from going to the buffet. Yeah. And the cats, it, they have not made a new pile, which sort of, I guess, it's repelling them basically from doing that in my yard. I don't know, but... But cayenne's a good thing, and it doesn't hurt anything. If they get a bunch in their nose, they'll sneeze. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> well, they'll care because it'll be they'll be sneezing fire. But yeah, I get your point. Uh, well, well I, don't, I don't. I don't mean that in an ugly way. I'm a 40 year right. rescuer, so I'm not being like nasty. But you know, if they have a little sneeze, okay. But maybe they won't go back over there. Um, but that's the same if someone's having a garden issue. You know, sprinkle a little cayenne and see if that helps. That's an interesting way to approach it. Um, hmm. Cayenne is really kind of a all-in-one because it'll also repel pests, not just yes. not just cats or dogs, but squirrels and bugs and all yep. kinds of things. So I guess we should always have that on the gardening shelf. And I buy it in bulk at, at whatever your grocery store is, I, H-E-B here. Uh, I buy it in the Ziploc bag in bulk just because I eat a lot of cayenne myself. But that way I've got it ready to just go 
sprinkle out in the yard wherever I might need it. That's a and good it, it idea. Works. You know, <clears throat> you can get the super big restaurant size containers at some of the club stores. I know I saw that in there because I laugh at it every time I see it. It's like, well, that's almost enough to get rid of bugs. Uh, but you're right getting it in bulk it's really inexpensive and it's definitely organic and when it breaks down it doesn't hurt anything it just feeds the soil and keeps the cats away so good idea well i i also have to have to tell you the reason i've been turned on to you your show and john dromgold before when you were with him is because of the dirt doctor up in dallas Uh, you don't see the connection. Howard Garrett? Yeah, I know who he is. Oh, okay. Well, when I moved here from Dallas, I said, who do I need to listen to? And he said, turn ah. on to KLBJ and, and go see Tim at King Feet. So, yeah. Turned me- yeah, I've heard that one before, too. <laughs> well, hey, thanks for all your, your information. I love your show. Thanks for the call, Paula, and thanks for the suggestion. Let's go to the phone. This is Marie. Marie, what can I help you with? Oh, good morning, sir. How are you doing? Oh, it's a beautiful day. Yes, sir, it sure is. Um, I have a cave honeysuckle that I planted in a large planter. Um, it's like a, it's a cow mineral lick bucket, so it's, it's pretty big. And it, it's doing fantastic. It is such, oh, blooming, such beautiful blooms. And I eventually want to put it in the ground, but maybe for this winter, if they, because I don't think they're really indigenous to the area, um, would I need to bring it inside or covering it and, and mulching it real good? Uh, would, would that help it? I'm probably going to have to cut it back. I know, you know, come spring, but it will okay. you think it'll make it through the winter. <clears throat> probably. The thing is, is that the far ends of the vines, they may freeze, which uh-huh. means you'll have to cut it back, but you're going to do that anyway. I just yes. want to warn you about honeysuckle. It will grow three foot taller than the tallest thing around, whatever it can touch. It can be an aggressive vine. It's beautiful when it's in bloom, no doubt about it. Through the hills, I think I may be seeing you. uh, You want to make sure, make sure that it's on a strong structure if you're growing it along a fence or an arbor because it can go crazy. It can really be dense with lots of blooms um, and it'll produce some runners, so it'll try to run on you. Yes, sir. I've got a coral wild one growing on a back fence line, and it's an eight-foot-high uh, chain-link fence. And um, it's I had to clear some grapevines. Mustang grapes are growing back there now, so I cleared a bunch of those because I like the honeysuckle better than I like the grapes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so does the wildlife, by the way. You probably get hummers for on that honeysuckle? Yes, sir. That's In fact, that's usually when I know when to put my feeder out is because the, the when the coral 
starts blooming on the fence line, then I start hearing hummingbirds. Ah, got it. Got it. So, well, that's, that's, so my, it's a, that's my time clock for my uh, feeders. <laughs> yeah. For me, it's when my turks cap blooms because they'll attack it, and that means they're there. So it's worth it for me to put up the feeder. Yes, sir. Well, I was just curious about that, that coral because it, I, I've never seen it. I saw it, uh, and I bought it as a plant because it's had such beautiful blooms. And it's really yes. doing quite well. Well, so I that's thought maybe part of it was more of a warm weather uh, color or strain or whatever. They they can usually make it over a winter, but you have to be careful on which variety you get. And I'm sorry, I'm at a loss at the moment for the warning, but some of them are in so aggressive that you would consider it to be an invasive plant. So if you oh, plant okay. it... This, this one hasn't grown just super fast, but it is in a planter, so... Yeah, just just understand it may take over in a hurry. Okay. All right, well, thank you so much, sir. I sure enjoy your show. Thanks for the call, Marie. Let's um, Let's go to the phone. This is James. James, what can I help you with? Morning, uh, Jeff. Hey, I heard you guys talking about pigs, and uh, I've been growing them and raising them for quite a few years, um, and we make like a fig preserve. Mm -hmm. If you put a little bit of that red jalapeno in there when you're making those fig preserves, man, you'll go through a whole box of crackers. I mean, it's pretty good stuff. Uh, I don't doubt that. Um, it, it's easy to do, and yes, they are so delicious. So delicious. Whether you dry them, eat them fresh, you make preserves, I love my figs. They're pretty idiot-proof. I mean, I haven't really had any trouble uh, raising them and growing them, uh, except for maybe the... Uh, the summers when we, you know, we we don't we don't get any rain for five James, months. I think you dropped. Um, I, I have noticed. I have noticed one problem with figs, and that is. There's this little beetle, a fig beetle. Our figs, the best figs in Texas, are what's called open or closed eye. The, the end of the fig will seal. Sometimes this little beetle can get in there before it seals up, and you will have it in the fig, and it will be terrible. You won't want to eat the fig. You'll see them running out. I've had that two years in a row, and then they stop. The trick is to pick the fig when it's ripe, not to let it get overripe on the vine. So that can be a bit of an issue. Let uh, James, you, you dropped out from us. I'm sorry about that. Let's 
go to the phone. This is Brandon. Brandon, what can I help you with? Good morning, Jeff, and thank you very much for your for your time in the program. I very much enjoy it. Uh, I've got a question for you about pecans. Uh, a friend of mine in a machine shop uh, ever so often gets a bag of pecans about this time of year, and uh, I went up there, and he said, here, have some. So I uh, ate them, and they, it was a very good pecan. So I started doing a little bit of investigating. It came from an orchard out of Bastrop, and uh, come to find out the uh, the variety of this pecan was a uh, Choctaw. And uh, I got some of those uh, pecans from them, and I, I plan on trying to start something uh, growing. What might you suggest? And by the way, uh, I believe that those Choctaws have to be grafted. Uh, I sure appreciate any information you could give me about that. I'm sorry, I missed a question about the Choctaws. Can you repeat that? Uh, yes. Uh, he gave me some uh, Choctaw pecans, and I would like to try and get them into some dirt and at least try and get them growing uh, somewhere here and there around the house. What might you suggest as far as trying to plant a Choctaw pecan? Would I get Would I get a Choctaw pecan tree eventually or uh is that would it be like the host tree that it was crafted from you should get the choctaw most of our fi uh figs pecans they are grafted but the pecan nut itself is still whatever variety it is so you should be able to get the same kind of tree. The problem with that is um, starting one by seed can take 10 years to produce a nut. So if you got the patience, I wish you luck. Brendan, I'm at the bottom of the hour. I got a break for the news. Sorry about that. I'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. <clears throat> Brendan had called and was asking about a pecan. He got a pecan from somebody that he really liked. It's a great pecan. He wanted to know if he could plant those pecans and wind up with that same tree. Yes, but starting a pecan from a store-bought shoot, you know, you go to the nursery, you pick up a pecan tree, you plant it. In a good environment, It'll take that pecan five years or more to produce a nut. If you take one of the pecan nuts and you plant it and you want to have pecans, it's going to take twice as long. It's going to be 10 years before that tree is producing nuts, maybe longer. That's the disadvantage of 
doing it by seed or doing it by a transplant or a grafted pecan. Now, that doesn't mean you can't do it. It's just a question of patience. It can take a really long time. There's also a question of viability. When that pecan falls to the ground, um, it's going to be able to grow into a tree, but not forever. If you were to keep it, I don't know, a year, it's going to start losing its viability. And where before you could plant 10 pecans and maybe get five trees to come up, now you would need to plant 25 pecans to get five trees to come up. And even then, you may not get any. So I encourage people to try this. This is kind of cool. It has huge sentimental value to plant your own tree and raise it until it starts producing nuts. But it is a time issue. It is a time issue. Uh, if you got the patience, if you're going to be where you're at for those 10 years, go for it. Go for it. It, it will be very rewarding when you go and get to eat that first pecan. It's like the... like. Growing citrus, you cannot believe how delicious it is to pick it right off of the tree. Take a bite out of it. Peaches, plums, all of our fruiting and nutting plants, they are super awesome, fresh. But time becomes the factor. Now, there are plenty of plants that are much faster. For example, blackberries. They only take about three years of care to suddenly start producing pretty healthy canes with lots of fruit on them. Citrus can produce in three years. So can persimmons. You can start getting good Japanese persimmons in a relatively short period of time. You just need to be patient. So while take a pomegranate, it's got a zillion seeds in it. And you can start any one of those and have your own pomegranate. But it can take a really long time for that seed to grow up enough to produce fruit. I mean, it can take a very, very long time. So this is why it's worth it to go to a nursery. They will have already started plants, grafted if necessary for the proper environment here in Texas, and well on their way to production. Now, even a, a grafted plant, you go to a nursery and you buy a peach. We're still talking three or four years minimum 
to get a good peach crop closer to five. Start a peach pit? Hmm. Much longer. Much longer. So those are the differences you get. Sometimes, though, you don't have a choice. If you want a particular pecan, if you want a particular uh, peach, and your nursery doesn't carry it, you don't have much choice, do you? No. You are going to have to find a pit or a knot and plant it and wait for it. Can take quite a while, but it's quite the reward once you do get one. It'll be very, very happy, and it will be delicious. The effort you went to, um, you'll really appreciate the fruit that you get. Now, is there any way to speed this up? Not really. Not really. You're going to still have this problem. There's no give it more fertilizer or give it lots of seaweed or whatever additive you can think of. They're not going to make it produce earlier. The best thing you can do is to give it the environment it wants. Good soil, consistent water, mulch it. Make sure you provide organic matter to it, and that will get it to grow as fast as possible. And that will lead to fast production. Now, we were talking about citrus earlier, and one of the things about citrus is when they're young, they don't produce fruit or flower every year. It's like you may have a really Good bloom year this year. Looks great, produces lots of blooms, may even produce fruit. And next year, not a single bloom. That's not unusual. Citrus can be what's called alternate bearing. Lots of blooms this year, hardly any, if any, the next. And this will continue until the tree gets to be mature, until it is really adapted to where it's at. And then you'll start getting lots of blooms one year and the next year. Well, you got a few. You didn't go with zero. And then the next year, a fair amount of blooms. And the year after that, an even better amount of blooms. So it'll start becoming a consistent producer. But it can take a year off every once in a while, just just out of spite, I think, sometimes. Treat it as well as you want, and it it's still going to go, no, I, I'm taking the year off. I'm on sabbatical here. I'm just going to go and relax. But the tree is healthy. The tree's doing what it's supposed to do. Our other fruit trees, they really need that first almost five years for many of them to establish themselves, to get the roots down, to create the environment they need before they will start producing every year. Now, of course, 
we go to all that trouble. Pecans are not an issue with this. Pecans aren't so concerned about chill hours that our fruit trees are. So if we have a particularly cold or it's really cold late type spring, you may not get any blooms because they'll get frozen off. Or you may have a situation where you need that cold and it doesn't get cold enough for you. And the plants won't bloom because they didn't get their trigger command to make them set flowers. And without flowers, can't have fruit. So we have all these complications and these complex equations that we get enough chill hours, how old's the tree, you know, all of these factors. And that's what makes gardening is kind of a big experiment. <clears throat> it's fun. You try this, you try that, and you hope, you hope, that you get a good crop. Always remember, when you're talking about a peach tree or one citrus plant or one pecan, be fortunate because imagine those folks who have orchards that don't produce. That's their living. That is, that is their way of living, and that's really hard on our farmers and growers. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. I need to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. It's looking to be a really nice day outside today. Um, make your last little walk around. Because I know most of us, even if we're enthusiastic gardeners, we're not going to go out on Christmas and garden. Are you? I mean, you can. Nothing wrong with that. But I think most of us are going to be inside especially since there's such a good chance of rain over Christmas. However, today's a beautiful day. <clears throat> Do you have to go outside? No. But it's an opportunity to kind of make an inventory. We're on the edge of getting that really cold weather. If we were to get it, what would you need to do? What would need to be cleaned up, cut back, trimmed, if anything? Uh, if we're going to get this really cold weather, what about your water lines? Are they protected? Can you deal with them? And like I mentioned the other day, my bird baths, they're glazed ceramic. But the problem with that is if there's any little cracks in the ceramic, water gets in there and a freeze will make them crack and leak. Uh, they were kind of expensive, hard to find in some cases. So keep that in mind. May have to drain your bird bass just to get through the next little season of, oops, got some cold weather, no big deal. 
have you got any plants out there that they're okay in these temperatures, but the freeze is going to be killing them? For example, green beans, uh, peas, snow peas or English shelling peas, they can do really well in cool weather, but they're not going to like a freeze. Not at all. So that may wind up killing the plant. And the cool thing about peas is that they come up super fast, so you could always replace them. Remember, pulling up peas, green beans, black-eyed peas, things like that, you do not pull them out of the ground. Cut them flush. Cut them flush. Or let the freeze kill them. That means no labor on your part because you can just take the dead plant, move it out of the way a little bit, and put in a new plant, put in new seeds, things like that. And the dead plant will act as a mulch. It's really a great combination. It works well to do less work and get better results. We don't take the roots out of our legumes peas, beans, etc. we don't pull the roots out of the ground. We want to let the plant die in the ground so its roots will decompose and return the nutrients, mostly nitrogen, that it saved up for us. That makes our soil better. Um, that, that gets you a greater return. And remember, your root crop, it would have to get really cold for your root crops to be damaged. Beets, carrots, turnips, no. They're, they can handle very cold weather. As a matter of fact, because they can, you can leave them in the ground in the form of storage. Rather than pulling them out and having to clean them, uh, and store them in your fridge, just leave them in the ground. Pull them when you're ready. That's a nice thing about root crops in our cold weather. I can just leave them in the ground. Wait until, hey, I want beets for dinner and go out and pull what I want. Now I got a text, and this is one I can answer from personal experience. And the question is, will a goji berry freeze in a container. I have my goji and I have had it for, wow, coming up on 10 years. And it is in a container. The container is about a two to three gallon ceramic and it will damn it, freeze back a lot with damaged branches trim them off and it comes back it may <clears throat> it may freeze in that form over the winter and by in that form i mean the crown and the roots will probably be fine but a few branches may freeze which is fine cut them off and you'll get new ones as soon as the weather warms up I've had mine for a lot of years, and every winter, it looks like it froze to the ground sometimes, but
but it comes back. It is a really good plant. Just uh, treat it like a rose. Even during the cold weather, it's going to need some moisture. You want a well-draining soil, and you don't want to keep it swampy wet. That is not healthy for the plant. But it should continue just fine through our winters, especially if you've had it in the container for more than, say, six months. That would be a pretty well-established plant. And the cold isn't going to bother it at all. Oops, sorry, didn't want to sneak that Frozen song in there. Anyway, um, gojis are very hardy. Uh, they're a good container plant because they have a pretty purple flower and those lovely red berries. And the wildlife love them. Birds will go crazy over them. As a matter of fact, I had trouble getting any gojis for a while because the birds would always beat me to them. After a while, I gave up. Occasionally, I get to pluck a goji, but for the most part, I just let the mockingbirds enjoy them. They, they definitely do. They would fight over berries, which is kind of fun to watch mockingbirds fight each other. They are super aggressive. Anyway, no, your goji should be okay in a container. Just remember, if we're going to get a freeze, make sure there's moisture in that soil. Doesn't need to be a swamp, just moist. It'll protect the container. It'll protect the roots of the plant, and it will ensure that it'll come back in the spring. Folks, this has been Gardening Naturally. Uh, coming up at the top of the hour and the end of the show, I will talk to you all again next Saturday at 9 a.m.